our featured guest is Andrew Prilliman, and our topic is greed. Whoever dies with the most toys wins. That's my motto. <laughs> is that really it. your motto? It used to be, <laughs> right? We're going to talk about it, Andrew. So uh, before we get started, uh, give the audience some context here. Uh, what industry are you in? What's your business? And what's your title there? I work with the National Christian Foundation. Um, I actually run a division called NCF Outdoors where I take guys on outdoor experiences and adventures all over the world. And uh, ultimately, we have a lot of conversations about uh, stewardship and giving. And, and what we do is help people give in very tax-efficient ways. Um, so when I looked at the list, I don't know if the viewers know this, but you hand me a list. I'm totally unprepared coming into an interview because you won't give me any details on what it's about. Joseph hands you a list and says, pick a topic. So I picked one that kind of uh, is something I think a lot of us deal with, including myself. And uh, it's a topic that maybe I can relate to a little bit and have some stories about based off of uh, what I do for a living. Yeah, I think it's great, too, because <laughs> you get to take guys with too much money out on like hunting expeditions right so you hear i said outdoor adventures and you said the hunting expeditions i'm trying not to lose viewers here yeah you know listeners. listen outdoor adventure whatever this is not a politically correct show yeah, okay, okay? Right. we say what we say here on this show okay so greed let's get into it bro um you know but before we do Ah, I almost caught myself there. Why do you think the world isn't working right now, Andrew? I always start every episode. Why do you think the world isn't working? Uh, the sinfulness of man. I think that uh, until we can cure that, uh, the world's not going to work. And I feel like it's not going to work right, and I think it hasn't worked right since Adam and Eve. And uh, uh, I think all we can do is strive to, to, for people to know Christ better. And uh, not have as much moral decay as we have right now, but um, yeah, ultimately it's a uh, we live in a sinful world. Yeah, it's just that's the way it is. Yeah, and we're going to talk about one of those moral decays, greed, right mm -hmm. today. So I'm excited about that. Second question before we get into the topic: It's easy to say we love God, but it's really difficult to trust Him with our lives. Why do you think that is? I think we believe we can do a better job. Um, We've had success, I think a lot of us, including myself, in solving our problems on our own and doing things our way, and it's worked once or twice, so mm. we put our faith in ourselves, uh, and I don't think ultimately that's a, a good strategy for long-term success, and uh, yeah, I think God is, uh, and our relationship with God is, is what can uh, get us through uh, this life with the most peace and happiness and joy, and, and I uh, just hope all your listeners out there uh, know the... Uh, know that they can have that. That's cool, man. So let's segue right into today's topic, right? So as you said, I handed you a sheet when you walked into the, the studio today. And I said, Hey, Andrew, pick up uh, pick a, a topic that just shows up for you, right? What do you want to speak on? And you picked greed, number 52, whoever dies with the most toys wins. That's my motto. Why'd you pick that one? Uh, probably because I work in an organization that our message is stewardship, our message is generosity, the joy you get from giving, um, and the joy you get from being a good steward of what God's entrusted us with. Um, and then I still think that I don't get it all the time. What and, part don't you get? Um, we, we're, we're greedy. People are greedy. We have a natural tendency to to, to want things, to have things. And, uh, I'm the same way, you know, I, uh, I'm 
don't necessarily want to be that way, but uh, if I uh, I'm into boots, I have a pair of uh, nice boots on now. If I go to the store and see some boots that I think are cool, I'm gonna I'm gonna probably want to buy them. How nice are your boots? Like, are we talking like these are gold plated or what? They're pretty nice. I tell you what they're made out of, but then I'll definitely offend some people. <laughs> oh, just nice offend, bro. Live, man. Yeah, they're elephant. Elephant boots. <laughs> they're elephant. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. It's like <laughs> elephant boots. Okay. Where does one even get elephant boots? Yeah, we won't talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> I, won't even, I won't even ask the price tag of those boots. Uh, yeah. Legally yeah. harvested, not a uh, – uh, uh, these aren't blood – they're not you know, blood diamonds. Right, these right, aren't blood right. boots. So. Yeah, so these are all legally uh, yeah. sought after and, and yeah, got, yeah. gotten. Got it. And uh, you were speaking earlier before we got on the show. Um, you have a, a nice watch on there. Uh, what's, it, what's the ticket price on that, if, you, if I no, may ask? No, come on. No, come on. I'm going there. What's it's the ticket a, price on a watch? We it's probably it's about retail about sixty five hundred. Sixty five hundred dollar watch on your. And this on is your this hand. is on this is on the wrist of the guy who works for the stewardship ministry. So I'm telling you, like. You yeah, know, and you know what? <laughs> and I see this is making it a little uncomfortable, yeah, right? Thanks. And this no problem. And this is what we talk about, right? Is getting that real with our audience and saying, "Hey, I am the guy who's like running the stewardship foundation." Uh, for all these guys, and I struggle with greed myself, right? And it's not that it's bad to go buy boots and a watch. It's what priority do we put on that, right? So what's showing up for you in that? Well, it's, it, I just had this epiphany as we're sitting here. You know, I don't uh, – I, I would say my wife and I are, are good stewards. I, I think we're not wasteful. I think we buy things, for the most part, that are necessity, Um we do spend money on fun, doing things together. Um, we, I would say, and, and typically I wouldn't bring this up, but for the point of the show and maybe encouraging folks, we, I, I would say we're generous. We probably give around um, 12 to 15% of our gross income, and we don't make a ton of money. Um, but that's just something we believe that God's gifted us with for us to give to others. Um, but there's just... Uh, there's still just certain things where it's like, okay, I want to have a nice watch. I want to have a nice pair of boots. And the epiphany I had is those things are things that I wear on me every day. So it has to have something to do with I want to be seen as somebody who has a couple of nice things, you know. Why do you uh, think that I is? I don't know. I mean, it, it's, uh, it, we did an interview before, and, and we discussed the fact that uh, in general we want to be accepted. We want people to think we're cool. We do things in life to um, – for attention from others mm -hmm. and we get our, our uh, you know our identity a lot of times is in the approval of others yeah. and uh I, I think i'm having a psychological breakthrough here man thank you for this um but uh you're yeah, welcome yeah thanks great i'm glad we're doing it on the radio yeah but, uh yeah so i think i fall into the same trap like anybody else and and you know we're all on some spectrum of that but i think nobody is uh free from you know, greed and material possessions. And mm. there's, there's, everybody has some kind of draw to it and you're just somewhere, you know, for some people it's real bad for some, it's not as much. I hope that I'm on the end of the spectrum where it's not as much. Uh, I justify purchases. You know, I have a $6,500 watch. I could probably sell right now for the same amount. So for me, it's, uh, I wouldn't say it's an investment that's going to have a huge ROI, but it's an investment in my head so I can justify it. I, I don't think that. anybody's going to want to buy my used boots, but maybe the watch. <laughs> I get that. So I, I think you're, you're hitting on some really good points there, Andrew, right? It's this need that we all have to want to look good or to avoid looking bad. And that's just the human condition, right? Oh, yeah. 
Yeah. For sure. and, and, it, and, it, and I don't think any, and I think that applies to everybody. You know, I've sat around rooms with men. I was with a group of guys in Oregon on the elk hunt last week. And uh, these are guys who are at the top of their game. I'd say most of them, you know, $100 million net worth and up mm-hmm. type guys flying in in their private jets. And we sat around, we got super authentic. And ultimately, every guy in the room basically admitted their biggest fear is that people won't accept them. So I was like, this is the – yeah, I mean, when we really dug in – How powerful was that for you to sit in a room of 100 millionaires flying in on private jets, and they all have the same basic fear that people aren't going to like them? It wasn't super shocking. I mean, you look at – any social media, which we're bombarded with all day, mm. and all it is, for the most part, is is people putting things to be accepted by others. I mean, it's our way of marketing ourselves and branding ourselves to the rest of the world, and I think that's just its human nature. And I think a lot of material, part of materialism is that need to want to have things to show people what we have, that we've accomplished something, and uh, that we've we've made it. You know, either we've done it ourselves, and look what I've done myself, or you know, in certain denominations, look how much God loves me because He's blessed me with all these things. Whoa, you know, yeah. So it's this self validation, right? Like this, look at me, I am worth something. Like give me attention, I am somebody, right? And it's filling this void within us all, right? That we need to be loved, we need to be accepted, right? And we won't go here yet, but, I mean, that really ties right into God our Father is the one that loves us and approves of us and accepts Mm -hmm. us at all times. And if we really open our hearts to Him and to His love, we don't actually need the love, approval, and acceptance of others. Yes, it is human to crave it, but we don't actually need it once we have it from our Father because our Father in Heaven gives us our identity. Yeah, and I think it would totally change people's decision-making in life if they made decisions based off of okay god loves me he cares about me what what does the bible say to do in this situation i want to do i I'm the only approval i seek is from him not of others i think it would totally change the way we make decisions i think a lot of the things we do in life are based off of how will this be perceived by others how does this help my brand um and in I think a lot of it's just very inauthentic. Yeah, I get that. So let me just go here with you for a second, right? It's not to put you on the spot, but I just like getting real. Is what's wrong with me, you know, having $6,500 watches, flying in on my private jet, you know, making $100 million a year and spending and buying myself everything I've ever won in life? Like, what is wrong with that? You know, it's like, doesn't God want me to be happy? He blessed me with all this wealth. Why can't I be happy and use it for my own selfishness? Yeah, so um, there's multiple ways to, I think I could answer that question. Um, I think when I was younger and maybe a little earlier in my career doing what I do, I would say, well, you know, you know how much you could help people, you know, with that money? Like, think about what, if you took the $90 million private jet and, you know, cash that thing in and took that money. Do you know how many people you could feed? Do you know how many people you could save? But and then I I'd be like, "Why are you guilting me?" Andrew? But I, but I exactly, and that's the problem is that that's that's exactly what you're doing when you do that. Um, ultimately, I think the conclusion I've come to at this point in my life, and who knows it'll change, is that it's always about a heart issue. It's always a heart thing. So, is there something wrong with having a Ferrari? Not at all. If you want to have a Ferrari, that's great. But what's the motivation? 
what is what's the motivation in your heart is the ferrari because it's a cool looking car and people are going to think you, you want to seek approval from them um is it because you have some need to go fast you know like ricky bobby and uh <laughs> i mean what what's the motivation is it if it's if you truly sought counsel from god on that decision and he said i think you should buy a ferrari and it was genuine truly from god then yeah there's nothing wrong wrong with it but i think the motivation is the kicker is what's the motivation in a lot of these big purchases like that um so when i look at you know this how i can justify this watch i have on um by being a, a it's a good investment because if it appreciates you know it's something that that I got a ROI off of, and I got to enjoy it at the same time, and I can justify it. And I could cash it in and donate all the money to the poor anytime I want. Yeah, there you go. But what's the heart of the issue, and is it truly, is it a combination of multiple things? And probably some of it is, I want somebody, I want to be sitting in a restaurant at some point and have somebody on the other side of the table say, dude, that's a really nice watch. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, that old thing. That's probably part of it, too. You know, so I think it it always comes back to a heart issue. What do you think is missing where you need that? You need that validation. You were speaking freely. I, I think yep. that we don't rely. I mean, we, we talked about this earlier. It's it's that we don't, uh, we want our approval from others and not from God because. Why do you think you don't have that? And I'm not singling you out, right? Yeah, you're yeah, human. No, no, no. I appreciate so the question. as um, you're sharing this, you're, you're really standing for the entire audience listening yeah, yeah, right yeah. now. Um, I think it's something we battle. It's part of our nature, our sinfulness, and it's something we need to be aware of. Uh, and I can tell you uh, there are lots and lots of purchases that I have not made specifically um, because I prayed about it, and I just felt God saying, Is it, you're really good at using your head to justify why you need something, but do you really need it? Um, so I'm using this example of the watch, but there's, there's many, many things that I've not purchased because I sought, I, I went to the Bible, went to the mm -hmm. word, I asked God, I prayed about it, uh, and ultimately decided it's probably not the best thing. Um, but that all goes back to how important having a relationship with Christ is, uh, to guide us through those decisions. Cause ultimately we are the richest people on the planet in the U S everybody listening to this, you are one of the wealthiest two percent of human beings on the face of the earth right now and that's even if you live in the ghettos somewhere oh yeah in the yeah, united totally. states totally yeah uh, and i've traveled the entire world and i've seen places where you know it is rough mm -hmm. um i go down to cuba and i've sat with neurosurgeons that make 80 dollars a month um and those are some of the top paid people in the entire country mm -hmm. other than probably government officials mm -hmm. um so uh, I lost my train of thought. No, that's fine. Actually, I, I'd like to take the topic here because I think we're, we're, we're speaking about the human brokenness mm -hmm. that creates the tendency for greed. But let's get down and dirty, if we will. Mm -hmm. Okay, let's talk about greed itself. Okay, so where have you seen someone in your own life struggle, in your own life, right, struggle, and then with greed, like ugliness of greed and then somehow triumph or they're you're starting to see them come up again right so share a story with us you could leave names out of it whatever but you deal with a lot of affluent wealthy guys and it's like where have you seen share a story with us of one guy where you're like man this guy is like greed monger like what the f right 
Yeah, we have uh, we have a saying that it's uh, I, I've never seen an unhappy, generous person. And um, basically, the number one cure, I think, to greediness is generosity. And we have story after story after story of people who are multimillionaires, have a lot of money, and just kind of dabble in giving. You know, they go on a, a foreign mission trip somewhere, and they help build a church. And the Bible pr promises that's where life that is truly life comes from. That's where joy comes from. Uh, and just the joy they get from giving is almost like a high, you know, and mm -hmm. it's a good kind. I mean, it's the kind you want to keep going back to. Yeah. Uh, and we've seen people who are just, they're so focused on material things and money. Give us one story. I can give you lots of stories. Give me um, one. Um, I can think of, uh, there's a guy specifically uh, in the Midwest who had the cars, the houses, the jets, um, multiple vacation homes. What would you say his net worth was range? Approximately. Oh, I don't know. 50 million, maybe? 50 million. Okay, got it. Yeah. All right. Um, and he went to this this event called uh, Journey of Generosity, mm -hmm. put on by um, uh, Generous Giving. He goes to this event, um, and they're talking about stewardship, how everything we have is all God's. Basically, we're money managers. God's mm -hmm. given us this stuff mm -hmm. for us to manage and to be able to um, direct it to where it needs to go. And yeah. it's, a, it's a responsibility we have. It's not we need to absorb this and use it for ourselves. Yeah, so the money in so, my wallet and your wallet doesn't belong to us. Yeah, so he wanted to make uh, a grant to this organization uh, for $25,000. Mm -hmm. And he had this fund set up. He went to make this $25,000, which is very, very generous in itself. Um, and he accidentally put an extra zero on it. So he ends up giving $250,000 out of this fund to an organization over in Africa. Not realizing he did it, he gets a um, you know a phone call and this huge thank you, and they're going nuts mm -hmm. about such a large yeah, contribution. Yeah, how generous he is, mm -hmm. and he's thinking, okay, how do I reverse this? You know, how do I get this back? Um, but ultimately, he flies over there, he uh, meets with them, gets involved, sees the impact that it's had, um, and comes back and is basically like, this is way more fun than. The holding the money and in the, the cars bank. and yeah. the things. And it's not that anybody guilted him in to say, hey, this stuff you have is wrong. He just found an alternative. He found a better place to put it. You know, the Bible tells us that our ROI in heaven is going to be far greater for the things that we've given than any ROI we can get here on earth. Mm. Um, so from his perspective, he's like, I'm just, I'm storing up, I'm storing up treasure in heaven right now. But yeah. he's like, it's so much more fun. There's so much more joy in life. And all these things, I mean, we don't ever, we don't own things. I mean, things own us, ultimately. You got it. Um, and the more you have, the more you're totally owned by the stuff you have. And for him to have the freedom of giving and seeing the joy he gets out of it and seeing the joy in other people who are the recipients of it and how God kind of works all that together. You know, somebody's praying, please meet my need. And he's praying, God, show me where there's a need to be met. And God creates this relationship. Matchmaking, brings right? brings these two together. Um, it's so much more fun, man. It's more fun than the, the toy, any toy money can buy. You know, I think that's a really interesting story. First off, when you said he put an extra zero accidentally, like I want to call BS on that, right? I'm like, how do you do that? Like, how do you put an extra zero and not notice it, right? Especially when you're at that caliber of, of money in your life. However, after you shared the story, I could see it was meant to happen. 
God allowed it to happen. So it could have been just a freak thing or whatever. He looked away from the, the check for a second and threw in a well, zero. Wasn't a someone, check. It was, it was coming whatever. out of a fund. So he okay. was typing in an amount. Oh, so it was a typo. Into a fund. Yeah, yeah, it was a typo. And the interesting thing That's is more realistic, it yeah. wasn't as shocking to me as you might think because a lot of these people that function at that level have so much going on in their head. That little mistakes like that, little yeah. yeah, little mistakes like that are so common. Yeah. So I mean, it, it didn't shock me at all. I'm like, that sounds about right. <laughs> okay, got it, got it. That makes sense. Okay, cool. Um, I like that story. That was a good story, right? And it's like the guy didn't even know what he needed, mm-hmm. but God did, and that accident happened, and God used it to bring him joy and to show him where real joy in life comes from, and that's serving God and his, God's people. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty awesome. Cool. How do you think most people misinterpret uh, greed or materialism or stewardship or giving to God? Like, where's where's the the friction in this conversation in in society today? Uh, the, in the U.S., it's bigger, better, faster. You have self worth. You are a better person in society by the things you have. In general, I'm generalizing. Um, and that's what we're taught to believe. You're taught to go to school, work hard, get a good education, go get a job, make a lot of money, buy a lot of toys. People will see what you've got, and uh, they'll know you've made it. And that's how you know you've made it. Um, and that's the American dream, you know. And I, I do believe in working hard. I do believe in education. I do believe in, in making lots of money. And, and if you have the ability to do that and you can do that, use it as an economic engine to fuel ministry. Um, you will get more joy out of it. Uh, so the I think the disconnect is we don't in in this country greed's not a bad thing. Mm. I mean it is looked at as as a good thing. Yeah. I mean as the goal. Yeah. You know, I'd like goal. to share a quick story of mine. Uh, so I have a close friend, very close friend, and uh, he did about three hundred million a year. Uh, last year with his business and um, he's doing very well and he's semi-retired now and uh, he's just fulfilling his buyout and he's just traveling the world and doing all the things right and you see the pictures go up on social media if he's you know in Spain he's he's in Greece he's he's just all over the world and spending 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 and trying to fill this hole that he has and every time he'll fly into tampa he'll text me and be like hey joseph what are you doing you know let's get together and i'll you know it'd be like three four months before i see him again or whatever and he was just in uh this like three weeks ago and when i sit down with him and chat i could always see there's this heaviness on him and i ask him and uh i'm like he's like what's going on in your life he's like oh i just got back from you know barcelona i just got back from here i just got back from there he dates all these beautiful 25 year old supermodels from new york city where he lives he's over 50 you know he's living that guy dream right and society america says this guy is success that's what success looks like however when i speak with him i'm like hey that's all great that's all great are you happy and i just cut right to the bs are you happy He'd be like, well, no. I'm like, really? Why not? He's like, I don't know, but I'm not. And I was like, bro, you're chasing all this stuff. You have it all. You literally have it all. And you're unhappy. You think you might want to change directions. Or are you going to continue this till death? Right? Boom, you're dead. And it's like, when did you get not get the message that it's not leading you to happiness? 
right? And it's like he's missing a relationship with God, mm-hmm. clearly, right? And I know that just from having a conversation. He's not ready to make that leap for himself yet. And that's something he's got to experience enough pain. But it's it's interesting because instead of allowing himself to experience the pain of not having relationship with his creator, he fills it with all the distractions, which are like temporary band-aids, and never actually faces it where he can fix it, where he can correct it, where he can get what he wants, where he could get the joy. So I think sometimes greed could be, the, uh, or I should say um, fortune, could be literally the worst thing uh, for a person mm-hmm. because it distracts them that there's actually a problem. Does that make sense? Yeah. What shows up for you? Yeah. Um, oh, I totally agree. I mean, you're never, nobody's going to find happiness in, in material possessions. And I can tell you this personally, I, any purchase I make, um, there's this, there's, there's a little bump you get, man. You get a little high, mm-hmm. you know, you, you buy something, you have this good feeling and then it wears off. Yeah. So you got to do it again. I mean, and when does it wear off as soon as you see the next shiny thing? Yeah. Or yeah. immediately. And, and the, the problem is the more you have and the more you buy, it's quicker and quicker. And it starts, you want to start filling the hole more and more. Yeah. Um, by buying more and more, you know, it's, 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 it's an addiction. Um, but I think the, the, what we're neglecting in this conversation is the fact, you know, we're talking about these wealthy guys. Um, I know some of the most generous people I've ever met are some of the wealthiest people I've ever met. And I have seen greed like you would not believe in some of the poorest countries that I've been to. Hmm. I mean, nobody is free from it. Um, you know, you go down to Haiti, the guy with the stick hut is looking at the guy with the mud hut, and he's envious of it. The guy with the mud hut is looking at the guy with the brick hut, and it's the same kind of cycle of greed. And, you know, the guy that has um, five chickens wants 10 chickens, and the one with 20 wants 50. I mean, it's, it's nobody's free from it. Um, but it's, huh. the, it's the one thing that people won't admit. That, you know, if somebody says, hey, are you, uh, what do you struggle with? You struggle with alcohol? Yeah, I struggle with alcohol. Do you struggle with uh, um, selfishness? Yeah, you know, I struggle with selfishness. And people admit their sins, but ask somebody if they're greedy. That's the that's the sin that, that that's always the other guy. It's like we're in denial. Yeah, no, no, it's very difficult um, to admit we're greedy. It's difficult for me to sit here and have this conversation. When we start off about you know the expensive watch I have on. I mean, it's it's nobody wants to be that person because it's never it's never something we deal with. It's always the guy the next level up who's dealing with it. It's never yeah. us. So that's interesting, right? Which is my next question. What part of this topic of greedy do you sometimes still wrestle with? So let me just ask you flat. Do you think you're greedy? Yeah. Yeah. I think that uh, just because I said nobody admits that we're greedy, I've got to admit that that I'm greedy. Um, and like anything, there's a spectrum, and I'm probably somewhere on it, but I, can't, I, I think I'd be lying if I said I wasn't greedy. Mm. Um, you Do you know, think I'm, it's a problem in I'm, your life? No, I mean there's other things. There's, I mean it's a problem because it shouldn't be there, and it is. I mean, but there's other things that I probably struggle with that are that are more serious. Um, but it's something that needs to be worked on. You know, we're, I, I, uh, we're buying our neighbor's house right now, mm-hmm. and uh, it's twice the size of the house we're in, so we're moving. But I remember always seeing our house. And saying, okay, well, we need a bigger house, you know, because you, know, you justify, you need things. Mm. You know, we're having a baby, we need more room, that's a huge house, yeah. So 
um, we're in the process right now of closing on it. And we're going to move in. It's going to be super exciting. We're going to have this big house. We're going to have, you know, all this room. But then I wondered the other day, like, well, when is it going to set in that I need a, a bigger house? Mm-hmm. You know, when it, when is this going to get a old? Few months in. When's it, when, when is this going to get old and you, you're going to, you know, want the next best thing? And what's interesting with these people I talk to, you know, because we all don't want to admit we're greedy. We don't want to admit we're wealthy. So, you know, I make a certain <laughs> income. And if you said, hey, are you rich? I said, well, no, the next guy up is, you know, the guy that makes uh, half a million dollars a year. That guy's rich. We'd go talk to the guy that makes half a million dollars. He's not rich. It's the guy that makes, a, you know, uh, two million dollars a year. Mm-hmm. Guy that makes two million dollars. There's, it's always the next guy. Yeah, you know, it's always the next guy up. But we have an entire. There's a world of people that would look at me and say, "Dude, look how look how much you have." Like you know, throw us a bone here. Um, but we're never that guy. It's always the next one. Mm. Um, That's interesting. Yeah. No, I I really appreciate this content <laughs> yeah. because I've never <laughs> thought about this. And I, as you were just saying that, I'm looking at my my own self and situation and going, shoot, I'm greedy. Yeah, for sure I am. And uh, I'm greedy in my relationships mm-hmm. with girls. Not even a question there, let yeah. alone money, right? Uh, I, I tend to think I'm not greedy with my money. Uh, I tend to be generous, uh, sometimes magnanimous, people have said. Um, and I'm not trying to make myself look good because in the past I was not those things. Mm-hmm. I was um, uh, a hoarder, right, with my money. So when I was I went through those times in my life where I was broke financially, man, I held on to every nickel waiting for that next one, scrapping at it rather than giving away the nickel I had, right, which is mm-hmm. what we're called to. And that's the economy of God is when you give away the one nickel you have, he'll give you five back. And we don't get that. It's just so counterintuitive. And my whole life, my whole career, when I'm out pursuing money, success, money, success, which was my idol, my God, uh, man, I just didn't get that. I was always jealous, always envious. Like, when's it going to be my turn? Mm-hmm. When is it going to happen for me? And now I'm at a place in my life, Andrew, where I could be hustling 80 hours a week like I used to, 110 I used to. And uh, I don't. And it doesn't drive me, at least the financial side of it. It's like money literally does not motivate me anymore. I kind of wish it did, but it doesn't. And it's like when the money comes in, I'm like, cool, what can I do with it? Mm-hmm. Like, like, how can I use it or whatever? And I don't know. I don't know. It's just like this before and after transition. And I don't know what, why... Um, God let me experience that really greedy stage of life, which was pretty oh, yeah. much my whole career. And now he's like removed even the, 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 the want or the desire for that. And I don't fully get that. And I'm like, okay, so granted, I don't make that much right now compared to the next guy up, like you said. <laughs> um, but what about when God like ra- raises me up to fame and fortune again? It's like, is money going to become my God again? Will that temptation, that desire, be there? I don't oh, know. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll it'll be there. You'll you'll you probably have enough wisdom to not give in to that temptation. Well, I'll just hang out with Andrew, and he'll show me ways to yeah, donate the uh, money. Money, you know, the Bible talks more about money and possessions than anything else, by far, hands down. Um, there's a reason. It's because 
God knew that that was the thing that was going to drive us and motivate us, and we were going to make all decisions in life based off of that, not based off of him. And That's it's why the he very talks thing, about it so much. Yeah, and it's the very thing you said that we deny actually is going on. Mm-hmm. Like we act like we're not greedy. Yeah. Yet God addresses greed like and, and money it's more than anything, more than anything else because he knows the human heart is naturally greedy. Yeah. It's naturally that way. Yeah, and it's always the other guy that's greedy. You know? It's always the other guy, um, right? We blame, we, uh, man. Yeah, I tell you, I, uh, I'll still sit here and say I'm greedy because I think it's always in our heart. But I, I, I mentioned this a little while ago to you. Um, when I got out of college, I got into a job uh, and was surrounded by people that, uh, I mean, they hustled, man. They were they they worked. Some pretty smart guys, uh, financial industry. And uh, I was making about three times what I make now. And it was a really good job. Way, way too much money for a 24-year-old to be making. And, you know, I started going on mission trips <coughs> around that same time. And my goal was that I, I want to retire by the time I was 35. And I knew people that were doing it. I mean, they'd find something else to go do, but they were basically set around 35. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I can do that. They're doing it. I can do it. I mean, we're, mm-hmm. this, we're cut from the same cloth. Um, and I started going on mission trips. And I say, you know what? I want to be in, I really like this. I want to be in like full-time ministry. But then I thought, you know, God's given me um, a lot of skills in the business community. How in the world can I do both? You know, I want to I want to serve people. I want to um, be in ministry, but I want to use these, this skill set that I have. And ultimately, I found the National Christian Foundation. But taking that hit of saying, okay, I'm making a decision right now when everything is going great to walk away from a lot of money to making a, a lot less. And the funny thing is we gave away way more money now that I have way less. It's bizarre. Um, it's a step of faith. And I think that's what people need to do is, is step out in faith and say, okay, I want to try giving. You know, maybe, maybe you know, I can't do 10%. Maybe I can do 1%. Maybe I can give 10 bucks when the plate goes by at church. Uh, maybe I can go to one of these homeless uh, organizations and, and give them a little bit of cash or maybe give my time. Um, but that's where true joy comes. We said this before, this is where true joy comes from. And ultimately, it is the only cure I see for greed and materialism mm. is, is radical generosity. Yeah. Um, but that's where we're going to find peace. You know? Yeah. Uh, you brought up a story in my head that <laughs> I got to share now. And like when I was in my early 20s, uh, I grew up on Long Island, and don't hold it against me. Long Island, uh, there was these a bunch of my buddies were into. I didn't know what they were into. I just knew all of a sudden they started driving these really amazing cars. And I'm, when I'm saying amazing cars, I'm talking Ferraris, Lamborghinis, Range Rovers, all of it. They're 22 years old, 23 years old, and I'm like, what the f is going on, right? And uh, one of them invites me over. He's like, hey, you should come to the office and, uh, you know, I'll give you a job. And I'm like, all right, cool. You know, young guy, I'm driven. I want to be successful. So I go to this office building and uh, outside in the front lot is literally it looks like a car dealership of luxury automobiles. And it's just all the Lambos and everything. And I'm just like, holy crap. Like, what are these guys doing to make so much money? And I go in. And it's like a stock exchange floor, mm-hmm. right? The phone's going and blah, 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 blah. And just chaos. These guys, all these young guys everywhere. And uh, my buddy ran the, the place, right? 
So he brings me into his gorgeous, like decked out executive glass office. And, and, uh, I'm like, what do you do here? And he goes, Oh, you know, we exchange commodities and stocks or whatever, like wall street, but we do it here, you know? And, uh, we got like a really cool way of doing it and da, 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 da. And I was like, is it legal? And he goes, heck no, it's le not legal. He's like, how do you think we're making so much money? He's, you know, and he's just laughing and joking about it. And I was like, well, what do you do exactly? And he goes, well, pretty much we create dummy, fictitious companies or whatever. And he was my buddy, so he's like, just told me flat. He's like, we create uh, fictitious uh, dummy companies, and then we sell stocks to schmucks, um, you know, into these dummy companies, and it's 100% profit. And the company doesn't actually exist. Wow. And it was like, what? I mean, that's not even like, you know, a grayer. That's just flat out. Oh, just flat out. Oh, yeah, yeah. Just flat out, right? And I was like, how do you do that? Like, I, I don't get it. And I wasn't asking, how do you technically do it? Yeah. And Or even how do you get away with it? <laughs> I was asking, who the heck are you that you could do something like that? And I was like, so who do you sell these to? He's like, Joe Schmo daddy-o. Like, yeah. like, just dads and husbands and whatever. And I was like, so wait, like, you're just calling up random people? And he was like, yeah, Absolutely. So like you'd be calling up one of our neighbors or whatever. And he's like, yeah. And I just sell him some bullshit stock and boom, they cut, you know, $40,000, their life savings. Boom. I take that, man. That's awesome. All day long. And I was like, so, and then they're left with nothing and there's no company and there's no payout. And he's like, yeah, exactly. I was like, so if it, what, what if it's their last $40,000? Like that was the guy's savings. He's worked 20 years for it, right? And he's got a wife and kids and everything like that. You would still take that? He goes, Joseph, let me tell you something. He goes, and he pulls out a stack of checks. He goes, this is my check for February, which was the previous month. And it was like $42,000. He's like, here's the check for January. Here's the check for this. He's like, let me just say it to you this way. If it was my own dad and it was his life savings, I would take it from him all day smiling and say, what a dumbass for giving it to me. And I was like, the epitome of greed, mm -hmm. the epitome of greed and just an evil heart and leaving destruction in their path and everything. And I walked out that day because I was like, I can't be that, not even for the fancy car. And, and thank God for that, that he put that in my heart. And dude, I want to be just real with you. You ever watch the movie Boiler Room? Yeah, that was exactly what I was thinking about when you started talking about this. It was, yeah. It was like, we, we were you in Boiler Room? Yeah. So just so you know, I would have been had I stayed there. Those, oh, that was it? Those were my boys. Wow. Yeah. They came in and shut them down, FBI and everything like that. And they served prison. You yeah, know? well, no, they should. But you know what? Greed. That's what it is, man. It gets that ugly. They'll do it from their own father, from their grandmother. Just take it, take it, take yeah. it. Now, I, I think that's an extreme example, but it shows how ugly the human heart can go, yeah. how far it could go into the dark side, right? Yeah. What well, shows it's up one in of that? Those, it's one of those things we don't talk about. You know, the, when I was looking at your list, the other one I picked out was gluttony. I think mm. that's another one that's just random. It, we don't talk about it. And in, in, in the church, you know, greed, how, how often is greed brought up? You know, uh, like rare. never? Yeah. It's very <laughs> and that's rare. my church, your church? Uh, yeah. It, never. Um, but uh, yeah, it's something that should totally be discussed because people aren't 
living life to the fullest um, if they have greed in their life, mm. you know, because if you're greedy, you're not generous. If you're not generous, you're not really experiencing the joy God has for you. you know? Yeah. So let's wrap this up because yeah. we went over time because it's such a cool topic. Uh, what's the one thing you want the world to know about this topic, about greed? Um, recognize it. I mean, I think that's the biggest thing when you, you know, talking to somebody to receive Christ is to recognize, you have to recognize you're a sinner. You have to recognize the sin or you can't be, what are you being saved from? Um, and greed is one of those things we don't talk about. So just, uh, I would say, kind of analyze your life, think about it and be honest, be brutally honest with yourself and say, is this something I struggle with? Mm. Uh, and if it is, there's a, there's a cure. I've said it three times now, you know, the, the, the cure is radical generosity. Mm. Um, love it. But yeah. Yeah. I like it. So if I could, uh, sum this up with the same question, what's the one thing I want, uh, you guys, our listeners to know about greed, about this topic, I would say, right. The title of our show is whoever dies with the most toys wins. What I want you to know and what I want the world to know is that that's a lie. I've lived it. Andrew, I know you, you've lived it. You've been very successful. Um, and it's like when I had the most in life, everything that guys want that we aspire to that society says is going to make me happy. I was the most miserable, uh, despairing. If I didn't have somewhat of a good foundation being raised, I would have been suicidal. I had the suicidal thoughts, depression, despair, anxiety, the works. And it's when I had the most material stuff. And it's like, it's a lie. It's all BS. And generosity, giving um, to others, giving to God, giving your time to God, that is true wealth. So if you want to be greedy, we all have that human greed desire in our hearts, right? Use it for good. Use it for good, right? Be greedy for souls. Be greedy for giving. Like, how much can I give away? Can I surpass God's generosity to me? Mm-hmm. How much can I give away this week? And get greedy in that way. How many people can I help this week? You know, so I, I, I say sometimes the worst thing we could do is fight the very thing that controls us because it actually gives it power. Instead, how do we redirect it? Mm-hmm. Right? It's like Aikido, right? You, you move and redistribute the, the enemy's um, uh, energy coming at you. You know, how do we take that greed and apply it to good in the world? Yeah. So anyway, I just want to wrap up on that. So uh, my favorite part of the show here, bro, is the confession round. So I'm going to ask you 12 quick fire questions, and you'll have three seconds to answer each. Are you ready, sir? Let's do it. Let's do it. What's your favorite sound? Quiet. <laughs> Peace and quiet. <laughs> What's your least favorite sound? Oh, I have a train that goes by my office. I'm downtown Tampa, and it's always when I'm on a phone call. It's awful. Dude, I've experienced that, man. I was at my buddy's place. He's like, oh, it happens at 3 a.m. every night. And I'm like, the whole building vibrates. I'm like, that's insane. When you were a child, what do you want to be when you grew up? Uh, an astronaut. Astronaut. What are you most afraid of? Fear of rejection. Boom. What did you spend way too much time doing in your 20s? Probably sleeping. <laughs> I, I was I, in my twenties. I, I got in this like sleeping kick. I guess when I was in college, yeah, I'd stay out all night. Well, I guess I was getting a good amount of sleep. I was just going to bed at like five o'clock in the morning. I get that. What secret fear do you have about people? Oh man, that they. Uh, I guess that everybody's judging. Mm. 
What do you wish you had learned sooner in life? Put my faith in God and not myself. Hmm. What is a new habit you want to form? Uh, I get into the word a lot, but I would like to be more um, consistent about getting up at the same time and getting into the world. word. It's kind of sporadic. So yeah, I think I uh, if I could it, figure out a way to do it every day at the same time, I think that repetition and, and would be good. Got it. What's a bad habit you would like to break? I bite my nails. <laughs> <laughs> so random. <laughs> Pick three words to describe who you are now. Three words. Um, energetic. I think I could always describe myself as that my whole life. Um, uh, are these good things or bad things? Three words. Uh, motivated. And um, let's see what else. I guess uh, I, I love people. I, mean, I don't know how to put that into words. I mean, my, my thing in life is relationships. I love interacting with people and um, – just the, I love relationships. I mean, it's really, it's another, it's another deterrent to greed is surround yourself with good people. Gotcha. What are, th pick three words to describe who you were in your twenties. Uh, knucklehead. Uh, I guess that's two. Uh, there's two right there. That's one. Uh, um, lazy. Well, no, you know, that's hard though. I was in the Marines, so I guess I kind of wasn't lazy, but, um, I guess the third one would be, uh, um, I don't know. In your twenties, bro. In my twenties, I don't want to be that hard on myself, dude. Man. Be real. Um, yeah, I guess uh, uh, I, I did a lot for for attention. You know, I got it. Everything was for attention. Back so when craving attention. Yeah. Got it. Needy. I get it. Imagine sometime in the distant future, and there you are standing in front of your tombstone. Read to us what it says on it. Uh, here lies Andrew Prilliman. He. Uh, He's a pretty good guy. He's all right. Uh, but he was a great dad and a great husband, and he loved Christ. Got it. And last question. If you could come back to life and tell your family, friends, and loved ones only one piece of advice, what would you say to them, Andrew? Put your faith in Christ. I met him. He's real. It's awesome. I'm having a blast up here. And, uh, and this is a real deal, guys. This isn't a, this isn't a fairy tale. Very cool. And what's the best way for our listeners to uh, get in contact uh, with you, Andrew? They probably to get a hold of you, and, and you can pass my information along. Cool. Andrew, thanks for joining us on the show today again. And uh, we wish you the love, forgiveness, and transformation of God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks, bro. Appreciate it. Cheers. Friends, I'm Joseph Warren, and you were made for greatness. Head over to BrokenCatholic.com to learn how to stop being a wuss and start being a winner. Have a blessed day and remember that God the Father loves you, he's fascinated by you, and he wants to show you his awesome plan for your life. Now go spend quiet time with him, and I'll see you on the next show.